Congratulations. You've been accepted into the inaugural class of Therapy for Black Girls University. Whether you're packing for a new year on campus, thinking through your gap year, enrolling in a community college, or grabbing your souls for graduation, TBGU is here to help you thrive at this stage of your life and beyond. More from our conversation after the break. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Okay, y'all, just a heads up that Easter is early this year. So make sure to get everything you need to host for Sunday, March 31st. From pastel outfits for the whole family to brunch-ready serveware, Macy's has got you covered. And you're never too old for an Easter basket. So Macy's also has Toys R Us Easter basket goodies, from books to stuffed animals and even slime. You can find it all in-store or online at Macy's.com. Hey, debit card users, listen up. Discover has something especially for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can start earning cash back on everyday debit card purchases. You heard that right. Cash back on debit purchases because cash back isn't just for credit cards. It's time you also get some love. Oh, and I should also mention that this has no fees, period. Finally, the game-changing checking account you deserve. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. If you're an art major, the question of what are you going to do with your degree is likely all too familiar. You also may have experienced feelings of uncertainty and doubt, wondering if you can truly make a living in the art space. Though none of us can predict the future, it can be empowering to see images of Black women who are already succeeding in the arts. An example of that is today's guest, Casey Merriweather Hawkins. Casey is a Dallas-based visual storyteller and founder of Black Girls in Art Spaces. Black Girls in Art Spaces was launched in July of 2022 with the mission of holding a digital and in-real life space for Black women to nurture their creativity, as well as champion Black artistry and Black stories. She's been blessed to work alongside brands like Beats by Dre, Adobe, Nike, Apple, and more. In our conversation today, we explore the obstacles faced by Black women in the art industry, the importance of having a strong network, and how simply being yourself can be the first step in securing your dream art job. Here's our conversation. So, Casey, please tell us what school did you attend and why did you select this school? I attended Tuskegee University and I chose Tuskegee University because originally I wanted to be a veterinarian and Tuskegee is the only HBCU with a vet school. We produce 80% of Black vets in the world and so I wanted to be a part of that. I love that. So what is your earliest memory that affirmed you as an artist and how does that relate to the work that you do today? Well, I would say that art was always a part of 
my tapestry. I was in a lot of arts programs growing up. My parents had me in dance and theater. We did pottery weekends. I painted. I even sang, even though I cannot sing at all. <laughs> and so I would say like my earliest memories just take me back to my childhood as a whole and just remembering that super creative little girl that I was. Even when it came down to school projects, like if I was able to make a poster in science class, I was so excited to be able to go through that creative process. And so I was always an artsy little girl. Gotcha. So take me back to Tuskegee University. Did you graduate with a degree in veterinary medicine? Did you do art in college? I'm curious to like hear more about that journey. Yeah, yeah, and I always love that question. I have an animal science degree. I did finish the program and I always like to let people know like I have zero regrets. I love my program. I love my university and I was able to take a lot away from that program. I learned how to be in spaces with people who thought differently than me, who came from different backgrounds, different cultures. I got to learn a lot about the land and our connection as Black people to our land and rekindling that connection. And yeah, I did internships in animal research, but along that path, I sort of started to feel like an emptiness and I wasn't feeling super connected to the work in the same way that I was when I had first entered Tuskegee. And so God really just called me to my camera. I had always had cameras growing up, but one day I was like, I just want to pick up my camera and I want to just document the day with my friends. And so I remember we went to this super cute arts festival that was happening in the city and I just documented that whole experience and really fell in love with championing Black people through my lens. And from there, I really just started to <laughs> take my camera everywhere. I started doing photo shoots and I started my photography business. and. So yeah, I'm super grateful for my experience at Tuskegee and just being surrounded by so many beautiful Black people who come from different backgrounds, who look different, who dress differently, who think differently, and being able to just champion that through my lens. Yes, it's so important to see that in college, especially like in the formative years of who you are, oh. and to see that representation and know that you can be this person and it's okay because we're all different. So I love that. I'm curious to know if you felt supported by that community, your family and your friends while you were exploring your art career. Oh my goodness. I was beyond supported. Like I always tell people, if it wasn't for my Tuskegee community, I would not be where I am today. As soon as I started putting out the flyers, as soon as I started sharing my work, the love just, it was an overflow of love and support. People were sharing my work here and there. People were booking me. And yeah, I felt extremely supported by Tuskegee as a whole. But then also my friends, they were just, they were there. They were there to listen to me. They were there to pray for me. They were there to, you know, <laughs> sit in the car with me when I needed to cry because I didn't know exactly what path I was going to take with this. And yeah, my family also was extremely supportive. It definitely took some time. I had been holding on to that dream of being a vet for so long and I had spoken it for so long that when I came out of the woodworks, hey y'all, I don't think I want to be a vet anymore. I actually kind of want to explore photography. People were like, girl, what? Like, <laughs> and do what with that? But after a while, my parents really started to see that there was a, a genuine gift there and a genuine passion. And yeah, I've felt supported ever since. I love that. 
What did some of the first shoots look like? What camera were you using? What kind of tools? Oh my gosh, you have such great questions. <laughs> so yeah, I will never forget. My first official paid shoot was actually for one of my childhood friends who went to my university. She was graduating. Her photographer ended up having some issues and had to leave her shoot early. And she was like, Casey, I know you just started photography, but like, would you be willing to do like the second half of my shoot? And I definitely freaked out. I had to sit there for like 15 minutes and I was just like, gosh, should I, should I take this risk? This is my girl. I don't want to mess up her, her big day, you know? But I went for it and it actually turned out pretty nice. And so I think it was so beautiful having her be the person who pulled me into that experience because it felt very full circle. She had been such a supporter of a lot of the things I had done in my life. And so for that to be sort of like the inception of my photography business, I think was super special. But yeah, it really started out as graduation shoots. So, you know, I started putting out flyers and saying like, hey, y'all, like book me, <laughs> you know how that goes. And from there it just became a thing. And in that process, I really learned that I wanted to explore more of the art side of photography. And so there was a point where I started to pivot and take a break from that. And I really got to explore that during COVID and during the shutdown. I was able to kind of just go outside and be with my friends and have very intimate moments to just capture them in different creative ways. But yeah, it really all started with Tuskegee graduation photo shoots. <laughs> and yeah. usually that's how it starts. The best of the best are in your classrooms. One of my close friends did my grad shoot. And he was learning how to do photography and he's talented. And so it's literally right on our campus, right in our friend group. So glad to hear that. Do you have a routine for creating? Do you have a favorite time of the day that you like to take pictures? Like walk me through that. Yeah, so I actually do have a routine, but the routine also has like its ebbs and flows so it can change, but I would say like primarily my foundation looks like starting with music. I don't know what it is about music that just fuels me, but <laughs> music is something that just really gets me sort of like ready to get out and create something. So I start with music and then I also go into prayer a lot because whatever I create, I just want it to be something meaningful, something fruitful. I always want to make it my best for that moment. And so I start there and then I do research sometimes. And that doesn't just look like going online and looking at past photographs from other amazing photographers, but sometimes it can be just going outside, going to the museum, going to a gallery space and just being around art from different mediums. And then I also like to create concept boards. Like I love a vision board. I love something that can kind of guide me through the process on the day of the shoot. And then of course, like I start reaching out to people and my favorite people to shoot with are my friends. I'm quick to be like, hey girl, <laughs> I had this idea. I know you don't really get in front of the camera like that, but you were just the person that was on my heart for it. And so, yeah, that's pretty much how my process looks. Mm, okay, I love that. So you started the community Black Girls in Art Spaces in 2022. What inspired you to create this space for Black women and why was it important to you? In 2022, April 2022, I made my big girl move to Dallas, Texas. I'm originally from Columbia, South Carolina. And when I got here, I was so excited <laughs> that first week. And then the second week, 
it got really lonely and quiet. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute now. I didn't sign up for this. You know, and I was used to having community. Like I had a lot of great community growing up and then going to an HBCU, I felt so surrounded by love and so connected to love 24 seven. And so this was different for me, but I just remember going into these museums and galleries in Dallas for the first time and being so anxious because I didn't know how people would respond to me. You know, I had gotten used to going to art galleries, art museums in my hometown. And so I'm like, okay, I'm used to this, I'm cool. But a new city? I don't know what it's gonna give. And I'm in Texas, you know, so I don't know what it's gonna give. I'm so grateful because that second week here, I was able to attend a Crown Mag event. And that Crown Mag event truly connected me to some amazing, people in Dallas. I met so many Black women who were also passionate about the arts, who were ready to hold my hand, were ready to open doors for me. And so I'm super grateful to say that like when I got here, I was really able to find my community quickly. And I'm still continuing that journey, of course, because life moves, people get busy. But yeah, I wanted to start Black Girls in Art Spaces because I'm like, if I felt this way, I know other people feel this way. I know there's other women out there who are nervous about entering the arts because it's so white male dominated, because it's so pretentious. And so, yeah, I wanted to create this community because I knew we needed a space to embrace each other, to connect with each other, but also a space to champion and highlight Black artistry as a whole. Because honestly, until 2020, I didn't know that museums were showcasing Black work. I didn't realize that until my visit to my hometown museum they were showcasing Kwame Brathwaite's Black is Beautiful exhibition. And that started something for me, you know? And so I just wanted to do something to make sure that other Black people out here knew that this exists. There is space for us in these institutions. And there's still so much work to be done. But when it is being showcased, when it is there, when the artists are there, let's show up for them. Let's support them. Let's let them know that we see them and that we're here for them. And so, yeah, I've been super grateful, super blessed for this community and it grows every single day. <laughs> but that's really why I started. Gotcha. So you're talking a lot about visibility and making space as a Black artist. What was one challenge that you had to overcome being an artist and how did you overcome it? One? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would say for me... A very consistent challenge and a challenge that I still face was just feeling very othered. I never necessarily wanted to just be looked at as a Black artist. Like, I want people to look at me and just see an artist. You know, I do create work that highlights the Black experience and I'm super proud of that. But I feel like, especially coming from an HBCU, people focus more on our intersections than who we are as a whole. And so I feel like when I created this community, Black Girls in Art Spaces, it was like the first time we could really come together in these spaces and be like, oh, yeah, I'm an artist. Oh, yeah, I do this. I do that. And it's just like, that's it. And so I would say, yeah, just being looked at as just that Black artist that went to an HBCU was really a challenge for me. And so I wanted to get away from that. And I knew the only way to do that was to get in community with other Black women creators. How do you navigate the professional art industry as a Black woman? Oh, goodness. I would say that a lot of it is setting your boundaries and making your boundaries very clear. And as we all know, that is not easy, especially 
me being someone who comes from not having an art background, I'm like entering this space where I wouldn't say I'm self-taught because I'm learning from so many different people. I'm doing the research, but I've had to be very clear about what it is that I want for myself and what it is that I want for this community. And if things don't align, I have to have the courage to get up and walk away and trust that God has better for me. And that has definitely happened before. There have been times where I've given feedback and people have been like, okay, you know, like maybe next time. That has to be enough because I stood up for myself. I stood up for my community and I wouldn't change that for anything because I only want to offer the best experiences to myself and to this community garden that I've created. And so, yeah, it's really all about setting clear boundaries and then also having community, having people that you can go to to be like, hey, is this right? Something about this doesn't feel right. Is this how things are supposed to go? You know, and not even just Black women, honestly, like having a community of people who can let you know if people are trying to play in your face, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like simply put. And so, yeah, I I would say it's really just all about setting those clear boundaries and then having your people that you can go to when you are in those points of confusion. More from our conversation after the break. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RCP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Wedding season is right around the corner. Perhaps your mailbox is already getting full of save the dates and your weekends are filling up quickly with celebrations for some of your favorite people. Or perhaps you're the one who's in full swing planning your big day. Let Macy's help you check off some of the things on your to-do list. They've got all the latest dresses, shoes, and jewelry you need to make a stunning appearance no matter the dress code or occasion. Whether it's a traditional ceremony in the town you grew up in or a beautiful destination wedding. And they've got you covered on gifts for the couple as well. So you can get everything you need for all of the celebrations in one place. Check out Macy's Wedding Shop to help you get celebration ready at Macy's.com slash wedding shop. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girl Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is so important. With Conair Girl Bomb's ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self care journey with precision and power. The kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. 
What are some of those boundaries that you were talking about that you don't let folks cross in the art space? That's a good question. So I would say for me, and even just on a personal level, I guess I'll start with me as an artist. There have been times where (laughs) I have worked with different brands and I've, you know, sent my deliverables over, I've gotten the job done, and then they send me back like final edits and it doesn't align with who I am. It doesn't feel like Casey, it doesn't sound like Casey, and I have to be like, okay, look, you reached out to me because you wanted me to present who I was to your community and I'm excited to do that, but we're gonna have to make these changes if we're going to execute that. And so I feel like it's the same way with Black Girls in Art Spaces. It's like, if there is something that you're recommending for my group, or for my community that doesn't align with who we are, that doesn't align with the mission, that doesn't feel safe or in alignment, I have to, like I said, be courageous enough to be like, hey, thank you, but no thank you, <laughs> you know? And like, maybe next time. <laughs> so that's really what it looks like. Like, just setting boundaries wherever needed, truly. So I'm interested to hear what kind of programming and activities does Black girls in art spaces create for their members? Love that question. <laughs> so, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, a huge part of our mission is to champion Black artistry and Black stories. So a lot of the programming that we do is in collaboration with different institutions, different art spaces. And there is a show that is centering a Black artist and their work. We want to be there. We want to have conversation around it. We want to meet the artist. We want to meet the curator. So we have a lot of guided tours. And we've honestly been super blessed by the different institutions that we've worked with. They've offered us some really great experiences like curator talks, bringing different artists in who surprise the groups, giving us different resources like exhibition catalogs, which are the coffee table books of all of the works, tote bags. Just like They really treat us pretty nicely, I must say. But then also we do a lot of workshops because it's also important for us to not only tap into other people's creativity, but into our own. And so we've done like bookmaking and collaging workshops. And yeah, like we're still growing what our programming would look like. But right now it's a lot of getting together, going to different art events and not just in museums and galleries, but even performing art centers. We champion dance, we champion theater. We want to be involved in every bit and piece of the arts. And so, yeah, that's what it looks like right now. I love that. It sounds like so much fun. I would love to see it. That's so needed. It makes a world of a difference when you have other people around you to see the same thing and to experience the same thing. So I love that. I'm curious to know what kind of comments and feedback do you hear from people once you've told them that you work in art? I'm not going to lie. I haven't dealt with a ton of pushback on this choice to be in the art space. So I feel like it's been mostly support. And I'm super grateful to say that. But I feel like even just in this season alone, I've had a lot of Black women pouring into me and who see what I'm doing, who will just reach out and be like, hey, I really love what you're doing. I don't have a background in the arts, but I would love to learn more and I would love to be a part of this thing. And it it just feels really good to be able to say, I don't have a background in art either, but you can still do this. So I would say like most of the feedback is is pretty positive and it's allowing me to have those conversations that can jumpstart someone else's career and faith in creating a career in the arts. So glad to hear that. 
you've experienced so much positivity around your work because the narrative around Black folks who want to pursue arts and arts education and college is often riddled with just negativity or like a taboo almost. And it's just beautiful to see it, a living embodiment of who you are and that it's okay to be in the art world and do what you do. Did you ever feel doubtful about making a living off of art? How did you navigate these moments and push through? Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I would say I'm still navigating. I'm not going to sit here and say I have it all figured out. I am currently in a very stretching sort of season. So I'm definitely figuring out a lot right now. But I would say like going back to just the importance of community, it's just been important for me to not try to navigate this alone, to let people know when I need help, to let people know when I have questions, to let people know when I'm confused about where I'm at and I'm confused about where I'm going. And then of course, also for me, it's important to just pray about it. I pray, I write, I take document of what I'm going through because I love to look back and be like, God brought me through this. My community brought me through this. And in the future, it's just going to be nice to be like, and I can get through this, whatever that next thing will be like, I can get through this thing again. You know, so I definitely have my moments of doubt, but I'm feeling more in alignment with this vision every single day. I love that, Casey. What are some occupations in the art space that you didn't learn about until you fully immersed yourself into the field? Okay, so I kind of want to call out one of my favorite careers that I learned about through a Black woman, actually. There is a Black woman interpreter at the High Museum of Art in Atlanta. And I don't know why it never dawned on me that, oh, when you go into a museum space, there's someone who actually writes out those descriptions of the artwork. (laughs) But meeting her and just engaging with someone who was so passionate about language around works was so special for me because I feel like a lot of people who go into art spaces, whether you're super familiar with the arts or not, that can be the thing that makes or breaks a piece for some people you know, who don't know how to dig deeper or who are afraid to dig deeper with how they feel about a piece. And so I would say meeting her, learning about the interpreter job was super special for me. And that's probably been my favorite career that I've recently sort of been able to learn about. I didn't think of that position at all. I love that you brought that up because it can. If I'm reading a passage and it's connecting with me and my experience, it's connecting. But if it doesn't, I would have never thought that that was a job. So thank you for bringing that up. How has social media supported your artistry and helped you expand your business? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have such a love-hate relationship with social media because (laughs) honestly, like we all know social media can be so draining, but there's also a lot of love on social media. And I think since starting Black Girls in Art Spaces, I've realized that more than ever. But even when I was just doing visual storytelling, my photography, my filmmaking, the Black community does not play about the creators. Like, they show up, they show out. Like, there have been so many times where, oh my gosh, people have shared my work and it's gotten me to an opportunity that I never thought I could have. And so I would say, like, social media has been extremely helpful in my process. I can't imagine where a lot of us Black creators would be without it. 
without having a space to be like, hey, this is what I'm working on. I would really love your support. If you like it, consider, you know, investing. If not, just share. You know, like I can't imagine what this journey would be like without social media. So I definitely I'm grateful for social media. Even in college, like when I had first started sharing my works, that was how a lot of people on campus even learned about what I was doing. You know, because unless people see you doing it, they don't know that you're doing it. And so social media sort of just sheds light on these amazing different projects that are going on all around us in the community. And so, yeah, I've been super grateful for the community that I've gained through social media and the support that I've gained through social media. I love that. What are some misconceptions about entering your medium? Ooh, this is such a good question. I would say the number one misconception about entering the medium of photography would be that there are a lot of people who feel that photography is not really creating because you're capturing something and you're not actually physically drawing it out or painting it. But there is a lot of thought and research that goes into photography. And so I feel like some people don't think photography is creative enough, but photography can be a very heavy experience, you know, depending on how much you're willing to put into it. That's probably the number one misconception. But then of course also that you're gonna be broke and that, you know, that you're you're gonna be struggling and you're not gonna have food on your table, you're not gonna have a roof over your head, those sort of misconceptions as well, just about artists in general. But photography, you know, everybody needs photos. Everybody wants their event captured. Everybody wants their anniversary captured. Everybody wants this captured, that captured. Like look at social media. We see photos all day. So photography is super important and I think that it's definitely possible to make a living off of it. Right. I think the first thought in entertainment has a big play in this, but my first thought is just the black artists coming back to like family reunion. It's you and your, your fake job or you and your struggling life. And like Hollywood just depicts artists as struggling all the time. And so when you're seeing it, you automatically think, well, let me not do that career because they're always the, the broke cousin or the broke family member. But it's like changing that narrative is very important. Is there a glamorization of the starving artist lifestyle, in your opinion? In the media, absolutely. I mean, we see it in movies and TV shows all the time. It's just, babe, it's, it's not that cute. <laughs> it's not that cute. Nobody wants to be out here taking pictures without food on their table. You know what I mean? So, Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RCP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. You never know who's following in the footsteps of great women in science, like Katherine Johnson, Mae Jemison, and Dr. Kizzy Corbett. So Macy's is proud to join Girls, Inc. to empower a new generation of leaders now during Women's History Month. Throughout March, You can help fund STEM and college and career readiness programming for girls when you donate online to Girls, Inc. or round up your purchase. 
And don't forget to shop women-owned and founded brands like Kaylee Cosmetics, New Face, and Better Not Younger. Learn more and celebrate the creative power of women now and all year round at Macy's.com purpose. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us. But not anymore. New Conair Girl Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girl Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is so important. With Conair Girl Bomb's Ultimate Girl Bomb Grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self care journey with precision and power, the kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. Yeah, there is definitely a glamorization of the struggling artist. For sure. More from our conversation after the break. So studies show that work by Black American women comprises a 0.5% of acquisition at 31 U.S. art museums. In your opinion, what is the best way to support Black female artists today? Number one, I would say when you see their work being showcased in a museum, in a gallery, in an event space, in a coffee shop, wherever, in a church, wherever you see Black women's work being showcased, show up and let them know that you see them. Also, invest in art, support artists, go to art markets. Little shameless plug here, but Black Girls in Art Spaces has their first maker's market coming up. And so have events around that. If you know you feel in your community, there's a lot of artists who aren't being supported. Do something about it, create an event around it. Support them on social media. Love on them in the DMs, <laughs> respectfully. Let them know that you see them. And yeah, just continue to show up and support in any way that you can. If you see that, a black woman has created a piece on social media and you can do a quick share and do it. You just never know whose page it might land on and what opportunity that that could create for that person. How do you manage work-life balance as an artist and what are some of the difficulties that you have had to work through? So at the beginning of the year, I started therapy. And one thing that my therapist told me was that I was not made for balance, I was made for harmony. So I have recently been operating out of a place of seeking harmony over balance because I am not a balanced girl. I cannot give 50 here, 50 there. For me, it's like, okay, I know I said I was going to do this today, but if I need to give this other thing a little bit more time to feel at peace with myself, to feel like I actually accomplished something today, I need to do that. So I feel like when I focus more on that harmony, I'm able to navigate through this life experience a lot smoother and a lot more gracefully. Like, I feel like when I was focused on the balance of things, I would get so upset with myself. I would get so down on myself because I'm like, Casey, you said you're going to do this, but you, you did this instead. But it's like, I needed to do that thing instead. And that's okay. So yeah, I would say right now, it's just allowing myself to flow. Of course, still having some sort of structure, like especially in the morning and night, that has been extremely 
vital for me to get through my weeks, like having a strong morning routine, having a strong night routine. But throughout the day, I have my top three things that I need to get done and everything else. I just let it flow. I love the harmony. Shout out to your therapist for that. That is amazing. Pro tip for sure. We talked earlier about social media. How do you set boundaries around the social media space? This is such a great question for me because I have had to ask myself this so many times since starting Black Girls in Art Spaces. I am the founder, but I'm also the director. So I am over all things social media right now. And honestly, there are some days when I do not want to tap in. There are some days when I do not want to respond to DMs. There are days when I don't want to respond to emails, comments, and I don't. Simply put, I give myself the space to rest when I need to rest. And I think that that's also allowed me to show up so much better on social media for my community. As far as like my personal social media, I put no pressure on that at all because that's just me. But when it comes to cultivating and nurturing a community, you do have to set some parameters for yourself. And so sometimes I'll give myself like a goal, like reply to like 10 comments today. Reply to five DMs today. Reply to this amount of emails today and then save the rest for tomorrow. And it's allowed me to, like I said before, have a a bit more peace of mind because I deserve a peace of mind. I deserve to be comfortable and confident in how I move throughout the week. And when I have too many tabs open in my head, I can't regard things how they deserve to be regarded. So yeah, I would say this year, I've definitely had to learn how to be like, okay, this comment has only been sitting here for two hours. It can wait till tomorrow for you to reply to it. Right. I love that. So tell me, who are some contemporary Black female artists that you'd like to highlight? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. So number one, my favorite Black woman photographer, my favorite photographer in general, Dina Lawson. She is absolutely incredible. She captures the Black experience in such a beautiful, vibrant way. The pieces can be very heavy, but what I love so much about her work is that she actually doesn't use descriptions when she's showcasing in galleries and museums. She lets you look at the piece and sort of like feel it and interpret it for yourself, which I think is so different, you know, especially coming from a Black woman. I feel like for us, sometimes we feel the need to like explain what this thing is, but for her to be like... I know what it meant. (laughs) I know how it made me feel. And I'm just put it up here and let y'all figure it out for yourselves. Like, I think that's so interesting to me. And also inspiring. Another one, Solange Knowles. I love Solange. (laughs) I love Solange. I genuinely am just so inspired by her craft as a whole. I love how she's not afraid to dig into different mediums. I feel like for a while in my journey, I was so quick to box myself in. And I've been telling people like, this season is like my and season. Like I'm figuring out all my ands and I'm walking proudly and boldly in those ands. I'm not just a photographer. I'm not just a content creator. I'm not just a founder. There's more to me. And so just watching her journey through the arts and through creative expression has been beyond inspirational. I also love her music, of course, but... 
Yeah, I really want to shout out Dina Lawson and Solange because those are two artists that I feel have really encouraged me just from watching them. Yes. Once Solange solo, if you know her like that, once she made her glassware, I said, take my money, take it, all of it, anything I have, my net worth, have it. I love both of those artists. and I love how you talked about their effect on your life. So I love that. Do you have a personal network of artists? How do they support you and show up for you? Oh my gosh, yes. Black Girls in Art Spaces is filled with artists and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm on meetings all day, every day throughout the week talking to artists all over the world, Black women artists all over the world who want us to come out to their shows, who want to share their works with us on social media. I'm literally... Like that, that's my field right now. It's where I'm at. And it's just been super beautiful. And again, like I know I keep saying inspiring, but truly I'm just so inspired by my community. Just being in connection with all of these amazing women who are making the decision to step out of what's normal, what's conventional and say, I want to be an artist. This is who I am and like really going after it. And so, yeah, I feel extremely supported by them. And of course, I'm always just as excited to support them in return. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to young artists exploring the art industry? Oh my gosh. Find your community. Find your community. Don't be afraid to not know the answers to things. Don't feel the need to compromise who you are. Don't feel the need to assimilate. Be yourself. The art world needs who you are. There are so many copy and paste, I would say, in the arts. And it's always so refreshing to come into contact with people who are just so proudly and boldly themselves. Yeah, that's my piece of advice. Be who you are because the arts world needs people who are not afraid to be themselves. Exactly. Can you describe the best way to obtain a mentor in this space? Ooh. So I would say mentorship for me, being someone who's more institution adjacent, as one of my mentors actually says, you know, it's really been from going to different art events, going to artist talks, going to curator talks, showing up on opening night, closing night, and meeting people, chatting with people, And just, you know, being transparent about who you are, what you're working towards and, you know, really just forming those connections and letting it be something very organic. For me personally, I'm just all about like organic relationships because whoever my mentor is, like I want them to be someone who I feel comfortable with in my vulnerability. And so I would definitely just say, again, be who you are because you can only find someone who aligns with you when you are your truest self. And also just don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to tell someone that there's something that they're doing that excites you, that inspires you, that you would love to learn more about. Because people need to hear it. People need to know sometimes that there are people who are inspired by what they're doing. And so, yeah, I would say like, show up as your full self, but also don't be afraid to reach out and When you do, let it be organic. Don't be so quick to be like, hey, I want you to be my mentor. No, let it grow into that. Definitely some gems being dropped for sure. 
I'm curious to know, how can someone start a Black Girls and Art Spaces chapter in their area? Oh, my gosh. All you have to do is reach out to our email address, blackgirlsandartspaces at gmail.com. And from there, I will get on a call with them and give them some time to ask me any questions that they have. Please reach out. (laughs) Please reach out. But yeah, like I would get on a meeting with them and we would just talk through the process and, you know, if things align, if they feel ready, then we just go from there. Okay. Well, I hope that everyone reaches out to you and that everyone around the world starts a chapter. Do you have any recommended podcasts or social media pages that we should look into to deepen our knowledge on this topic? Ooh, absolutely. So these are my top artsy Black podcasts that I think everyone should tap into. The Institute of Black Imagination, Shade, Home Impressions, and Studio Noise Black Art Podcast. Those are my recommendations. And then as far as pages, oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many great pages that you can follow. But I will say, if you do follow Black Girls in Art Spaces, we post, share so many dope individuals every day. So it's truly a, a great place to start with getting connected to the arts. So basically follow Black Girls in Art Spaces. Basically. Follow Black Girls in Art Spaces and we'll put you on. <laughs> right. Okay, so Casey, where can we keep up with you? What are your social media handles and website? So my personal Instagram and TikTok are at Casey Merriweather Hawkins. That's K-A-C-I-M-E-R-R-I-W-E-T-H-E-R-H-A-W-K-I-N-S. And the Black Girls in Art Spaces TikTok and Instagram are at Black Girls in Art Spaces. And then our website is blackgirlsinartspaces.info. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for taking the time to talk with me. I enjoyed learning so much from you and just so excited to see the progression of Black Girls in Art Spaces and your personal work as well. Thank you so much. This has truly been an honor. I'm a super huge fan of therapy for Black girls and you have been incredible. So thank you, Jenna, so much for speaking with me today and making me feel comfortable to share my journey. Oh, thanks. I want to thank Casey once again for joining us for this episode. Class is over for now, but before we dismiss, take the following notes from my conversation with Casey home with you. My dream career is right in front of me and no one can stop me from securing it. I will be able to make a living off of the things I am passionate about. My art will be seen by more eyes than I can possibly conceptualize. To learn more about the work Casey is doing or to do more research on this topic, be sure to visit therapyforblackgirls.com slash TBGU. This episode was produced by Frida Lucas, Elise Ellis, and Zaria Taylor. Editing is by Denison L. Bradford. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Hey, debit card users, listen up. Discover has something especially for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can start earning cash back on everyday debit card purchases. You heard that right. Cash back on debit purchases because cash back isn't just for credit cards. It's time you also get some love. Oh, and I should also mention that this has no fees, period. Finally, the game-changing checking account you deserve. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.